By now, you've probably seen ads about water contamination at Camp Lejeune everywhere on TV, social media, and probably even following you around on the internet. The water at Marine Corps Base Camp Lejeune was contaminated with toxic chemicals for more than three decades. It is not rare for people who drank this water for an extended period of time to develop severe illness, including kidney cancer, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, leukemia, liver cancer, bladder cancer, birth defects, Parkinson's, and more. A new law called the PACT Act allows victims of poisoned water to seek repayment for their medical costs. What those other ads don't tell you is that because the PACT Act is a fresh law, it is important to find an attorney who understands the new claims forms. There is limited time to file your Camp Lejeune claim, so you need a lawyer who can get it right the first time. The experienced team of attorneys at SickMarine.com is ready to file your claim. They will fight for you and won't take no for an answer. To file your claim and to have your case prioritized, sign up at SickMarine.com. By now, you've probably seen ads about the water contamination at Camp Lejeune everywhere. People who got sick after drinking that toxic water are now able to seek repayment for their medical costs because of a new law, the PACT Act. What those other ads don't tell you is that because the PACT Act is a fresh law, it's important to find an attorney who understands the new claims forms. There is a limited time to file your Camp Lejeune claim, so you need a lawyer who can get it right the first time. The experienced team of attorneys at SickMarine.com is ready to file your claim. They will fight for you and they won't take no for an answer. Sign up at SickMarine.com. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in. It is Monday morning. Happy Labor Day, everyone. Uh, No labor rest here. It is time for an episode of Building our Broncos for Breakfast. See, my mind isn't even there yet. I'm still Midwest time. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, for these morning shows, Scott Kennedy. Scott, it's uh, good to see you again. I feel like we just were talking. Yeah, we were, but it also feels like I hadn't seen you in a while. You know, sometimes these these weekends, you know, after we do like nine consecutive shows, we're like the middle of your week guys. We're we're not the yeah. weekend guys. We're the ones that we're the ones that'll get you through the week, and then you know we go and play on the weekends. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, doing outdoor stuff. We're both very outdoors folks, but it is. It feels strange, but me this you know Monday to me is football week, or is, like is it Tuesday? Because this is the end of the week for you know monday night football typically is the last game of the week so for me though it's still football week i don't care yeah no it's definitely a football week i'm still buzzing from the college football this weekend outside of the hawkeyes offense which we already kind of talked about a little bit but my my god um i saw the iowa quarterback had a quarterback rating of 1.1 i didn't even know you could do that <laughs> um but Remember, uh you, you hear me say sometimes nick statistically impossible yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's like a zero on the SAT. It's hard. Yeah, it's, it's hard to get a zero on the SAT. It's as hard to get a zero as it is to to get a perfect score. Yep. So not good. That's tough. Yep. Down to two scholarship wide receivers. Your tight end gets injured. Your offensive line's not getting a push and your quarterback's struggling. It's a recipe for pain. The Iowa offense, uh, special teams and defense, I truly believe is good enough to be a top five team in football, but the offense literally might finish bottom five in all of college football, um, which is going to kill you. And all I got to say is thank you, George Payton. Thank you, Russell Wilson, because if I had to go through another year of anemic, pathetic, craptastic offense in Denver after watching the Hawkeyes on Saturday, I might have legitimately lost my mind or popped a blood vessel in my eye. I don't know. 1998 Auburn Tigers, uh, three and out on offense, was cons- I'd consider that a win. Um, you know, a three over. and out and a 45-yard punt, I'm like, Good. The defense was really good, but they, they finished three and eight because eventually, 
as you know, Broncos fans, the defense is going to break or offense is going to make a mistake. You know, you just, you lose heart, you know, there's, it's like, oh, they, we got to go out again or another turnover. Or, you know, it's fourth and 20 again. Um, you know, so it, it's you've got to have that balance in there for sure. And that, you know, that's just yeah. a, a football universal truth. Yep. You can't be so bad at one side of the ball. Uh, let's say hello to some folks in here. We got with First No Fear coming in over on YouTube saying good morning, Nick and Scott and all of Broncos country. Football week is here. Absolutely. A week from today. Broncos Monday Night Football would be awesome. Uh, question, who are the top 10 cornerbacks in the NFL right now? Uh, this is always really hard to do when you don't have a list directly in front of you, but I will give it a whirl. Um, Jalen Ramsey is definitely one of them, and I'm going to forget somebody. Just let's add that in there. I'm definitely going to forget someone. Jalen Ramsey, um, this is not also in order. A.J. Terrell, Denzel Ward, J.C. Jackson, Patrick Sertan, Tredavious White, Marshawn Lattimore, running out of steam here pretty quickly here. I'm sure I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody, but those are the ones that come to mind immediately for me. I don't know the other teams well enough. I will know of the teams that I watch. Um, Pat Sertan is in there and AJ Terrell is in there. Those are, and those are two young guys. Uh, I think AJ is 23 um, and he may have just turned 24, but he's still young and Pat Sertan is young. So those are, those are two of the next, you know, the up and coming, uh, group that's coming out and of the old guard, you know, is Stefan Gilmore even close anymore? Um, I fell off some. Yeah. He's, you know, he's not getting paid like he is. That's for sure. Um, but again, two, two young, exciting players, um, that to watch for, uh, you know, for both of those teams. And I forgot J.R. Alexander, who is incredible, uh, for the green Bay Packers. Green Bay might have the best defense in football this year, which is, Typically not what you say about them, but uh, Marlon Humphrey deserves a shout out for Baltimore. Xavier Howard uh, for the Dolphins as well. After that, though, I'm, I'm Darius Slay. But then I'm going to go Patrick Sutan. I'm not really a big uh, Tra- Travon Diggs guy myself. So uh, good question. Getting us off here. Getting those juices flowing uh, in the morning. Kevin Gray coming in over on YouTube saying seven days to the real deal. Hi, Scott and Nick and Broncos, Broncos country. How do you think the middle of the D will do stopping the run? I think that the middle of the D for the Broncos, you know, front seven, and you need to include edge rushers in this as well. Cause they were horrible at stopping the run at the edge last season. Let's, let's just lump the entire front seven together. I think they're going, hopefully going to be about league average. I'm very concerned about the depth of the, and the quality on the interior defensive line for run stopping this after DJ Jones. I don't know how Mike Purcell is going to look this year. I don't think that Draymond Jones or Deshaun Williams is, best traits are clogging run lanes. They're much more small, um, agile type of interior defensive linemen. So luckily for the Broncos, the first two weeks, I'm not super duper impressed with the running personnel. Now it's week one, things can change, but the running personnel for the Seahawks or the Texans, I do really like Damian Pierce, but I don't think the Texans passing game is going to lend itself to space and the running, the offensive line still has work, but, uh, First two weeks, I'm not really concerned about that. Week three, when the Broncos go up against Kyle Shanahan's West Coast offense with Trey Lance, who can probably be a bigger, faster, stronger version of what Jalen Hurts did to you last year, we'll find out week three, I guess is how to put it. But uh, on paper, it's definitely a concern. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> first two weeks, I just looked up Seattle. You know, you should be able to hold up against Seattle. Um we haven't seen DJ Jones yet in the middle. And that, when they, when he came in, they were talking about playing him in the middle of the line, you, you know, three or nose. 
Um, is that going to be his best spot? You know, as a 4-3 defensive tackle, I like him. Can he hold up <clears throat> in a first and 10 or, or short yardage when you need a stop against a run? We, we don't know for sure. That's kind of one of those questions we have out there. But I think they'll be okay against Seattle. They're they're not a grinded out. T- they're, on offense, they're just – their two best players are wide receivers, and that doesn't matter if you can't get them the ball. Um, and you got to be able to run the ball, protect your quarterback, and then make an accurate throw. And I'm not sure that they can do any of those three. Yep. Yeah. Just ask uh, Colorado fans. I know it's a passing league and the NFL has gone to passing, but if you are absolutely ass kicked on the ground, you're going to lose football games and seeing Colorado, I think gave up nine yards of carry to TCU or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and lost the yardage total on the ground by like 120 or something. You're going to get, you're going to get absolutely smoked, even if the other stats look okay. Dave Glassman coming in with the hearts. Thank you so much, Dave. We got Ethan bow, bow, back in the UK. I'll believe it when I see it. No, <laughs> good to hear that. Ethan saying good afternoon back in the USSR. No, back in the UK. And uh, good morning or good afternoon to Broncos country. Good to see you, Ethan. Doug Freeland in here. Good morning, guys. How about that Iowa game? Oh, two safeties and a field goal. Unbelievable. Uh, Iowa's got some defensive prospects that I'm going to be excited to talk about this year when the time comes for that. They really do have a very loaded defense, but I think I did. It was actually, I think it may have been Cam, Cam, uh, Cam Newton's year with, uh, with the, the, the Auburn Tigers before he started throwing the ball. I think they had a five to three game. It might not have been that one might've been book on, on either side, but I think they had a five to three game against, uh, against Mississippi state. Well, uh, some stats here for you, just because I'm a masochist on this and I can't really give it up yet. Um, this was the first, the Iowa was the only team this week to win and not score an offensive touchdown, classic Iowa. And this was the first time a Big Ten team had not scored a touchdown and won since, you guessed it, Iowa in uh, 2008 when they beat Penn State 6-4. to four. <laughs> uh, Man, what a life. Dave Glassman, we, we have Dave already. Thank you so much, Dave. Yeah, Good he came in you. kicking us off, breaking the ice on the stars on Facebook. So thank you, Dave. Oh, was it not this one? Uh, it is that one. I okay. saw the other one first. Okay, it's all good. <laughs> I was like, star- we have stars on YouTube. Woohoo! No, uh, Nick D coming in saying, who's close to their contract? And we'll get to that in just a second, Nick. But there's a good bit of players. We can go over the uh, salary cap as well. But an easy way to think about this just as a little appetizer for your or a prelog. Uh, prologue is uh, draft classes. You want to think about draft classes. So who was drafted four years ago slash first round picks who were drafted five years ago. And that's typically the next in line guys to get paid because the free agents that you signed typically are going to be third contract guys. And then you're going to be, you want to be a little bit trepidatious about signing those third contract guys. Uh, Dom also coming in saying, how do you feel about the cornerback we got from the Bengals? Will he be a good fit with PS2 on the other side of the cornerbacks? Never Broncos for life. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I'm, who's the cornerback the Broncos got from the Bengals? I totally end of last week. And it's, it's kind of a depth guy. Uh, it wasn't a name that again, I haven't committed him to memory yet either. Uh, Zach wrote Zach, uh, Kellerman had the article on milehighhuddle.com, and it was just kind of like, yeah, here's a guy. Hmm. Join planet fitness today and get more epic energy and better sleep with tons of equipment in our clean and spacious clubs. Join for $1 down $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, October 14th. It's glow time. Seek love for details. Hello, this is Hey Dude Shoes. This is an ad, but not for your ears, for your feet. Are they listening? Good. 
Hey Dude Shoes are the squishiest, airiest, lightest go-to shoes you'll ever have the pleasure of introducing your toes to. So light, a butterfly could steal them. So soft, kittens seethe with jealousy. So cushy, your hands will curse your feet for all the love and attention. Toes, you've hit the jackpot of comfy. Hey Dude, good to go to. Well, uh, I... Was it, oh, was it Darius Phillips? Yes, Darius Phillips. Okay, I remember him. Uh, Western Michigan cornerback, uh, pretty good out there. Played opposite of another good cornerback at Western Michigan. But Darius Phillips, he had a game against Western Michigan, went into Michigan State, and he had like two kick returns or punt returns for a touchdown and uh, making a lot of plays on the ball. Um, a little bit small, not really the best length at the position, but has some special team slash cornerback versatility. So, uh, Cool to see Darius Phillips sign. I definitely liked him in the draft coming out that year. I think he was drafted about in the fifth round, which makes sense for his talent. Uh, so maybe a guy that I feel better about him than a lot of the, the cornerbacks the Broncos had on their roster. So good to see in the Bengals, man, they went hard after that secondary this year. Um, so that's a, maybe a position where you should be a little bit excited about that one just as a depth guy. I'm not saying he's gonna come in and start for you for sure, but the Bengals are looking pretty good in the cornerback room. With first, no fear also coming in saying AJ Terrell needs to have a similar year 2000 order, 2021 season in order to cement himself as a top 10 cornerback one-year wonder. I mean, the careers of a lot of these players are so short that one-year wonder, sometimes you want to put stock in it, and the, the tape speaks for itself. Now, if he has an injured year, that's one thing, but I think if you look at the list of cornerbacks, I'd rather go with a one-year wonder than somebody who has had 10 years is going to be 34 years old. I'm taking the young guy who's had to the one year that's ascending versus the old guy who will fall off like that. Uh, and I just think that you're every single player is one year away from coming off a list. So right now yeah. he played as a top 10 cornerback in the NFL and he's 23 years old. So you put him on the list. Now, will he play his way off of that? There is no cementing anywhere in, unless you're talking history. You know, you're one year away from being off any list. Uh, depending on how you play th that next year. So, um, again, I don't believe in cementing, stamping it in there. Will he become a fixture on this list year after year? We'll see. We'll see. But, I, uh, I again, I like the trajectory. Uh, Gary Leeds Palmer coming in. says, good morning, Nick and Scott. Let's ride. And I don't quite get this one. Can't wait to hear food vendors get their dues. FUD vendors. I don't get that one. God bless you, FUD vendors. I don't know. What to <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying, okay, shut your eyes and phonetically, uh, FUD vendors, fun vendors. No, I still don't. I still don't get it. Get their dues. Go, go, Broncos. Let's ride. So help us out with that one, Gary. Appreciate the stars. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll hit you up on that one. The FUD vendors. Interesting. I, I don't know. Uh, Dallas Kelly. Good morning, Broncos country. Just getting into the car. Glad to have you with me on the way to work. Yeah, be careful. Drive safe and let's ride. Hey, that's why we started this. Dallas was like, you know what? We could be a drive time show for folks in uh, in, in Broncos country to come in. And, uh, you know, people like you have helped make this show. Well, we're working on a year and a half now already. So Not really? Yeah, I mean, it was <laughs> April. So April, May, yeah. June, July, August. There's five months. We're into September yeah. already. So there's a. Uh, we're working on a year and a half together, Nick. I know. Oh, man, we're getting old quick. Uh, Leroy coming in here. Good morning, guys. Mile high salute. Uh, check out YouTube. Anna Coyotes versus Aubrey game-winning touchdown. Uh, that might make ESPN in Texas. Must be a high school game. Um, but uh, what you have to give us a little more details of what happened here. Oh, um, there it is. We'll search. Yeah, we'll, I'll do a search. We'll check yeah. it out. So um, appreciate the heads up. Cleese saying, imagine Russ opened the season with seven touchdowns versus his old team. Hashtag or... 
good vibes coming in there. Just heck, no injuries and a win. We'll take that. Uh, and I say that as a somebody who is complaining about Iowa with no major injuries and a win. Um, maybe a little bit better than that. Uh, Mark Schrader coming in saying, good morning, Nick and Scott. Good morning to you, Mark. Hope you're doing well. Dakota Whitehouse. Why, hello again. Why, hello, Dakota. Peter Middleton. Good to see you. Good evening from Cambodia. BBY had me there. Yep, Jai Alexander. Definitely wanted to wonder. Somebody we want to talk about uh, fear, uncertainty, doubt. A FUD vendor. Good morning, Ken Scott. Can't wait to hear fear, uncertainty, doubt vendors get their dues. Okay. I guess that means that's somebody like me who's trepidatious of crowning anybody. Uh, maybe I'm going to get my dues because the Broncos are going to <laughs> look better uh, than maybe even I am making them up to be, which would be great. So I don't know. Crap, crap on me. <laughs> and Leroy coming in saying a hook and lateral play with six seconds left on the clock on their own 15 yard line. Awesome. Always that's a lot that's of one of those. It's almost that it works. You're as excited that it won the game. is just kind of a bonus, you know, when you pull something yeah. like that off. So that's, that's cool. So it's the one where I go downfield and act like I'm lost. Um, yep. varsity blues, you know, barking like a dog. That's one of my favorites too. <laughs> what the hell? Uh, Leroy coming in again saying, do you guys think we need more depth at all positions? Uh, who do you have in mind? I say go for Blake Martinez at linebacker and the Broncos already went the veteran linebacker route. Um, the one thing I will say though about Blake Martinez, there's a Broncos coaching staff connection here. Uh, Blake Martinez was a very Josie Jewell esque uh, linebacker for the Packers for a number of years. Drafted, I think, of the fifth round out of Stanford. Um, limited, but makes a lot of tackles within the box. I think Josie's a better athlete and a better coverage player, even. But Blake Martinez had his big statistical years underneath Broncos defensive advisor Dom Capers with the Green Bay Packers. So I guess there's certainly a possibility here. I think the Broncos maybe already went the veteran linebacker route and it did not work out very well with uh, Joe Schobert. But uh, if they can get him in here on veteran men, I don't think there's very much harm into doing that. Uh, but maybe they like Justin Stranod more uh, than bringing in Blake Martinez with the the special teams ability. The big thing with bringing in Blake Martinez, he's probably not giving you a lick on special teams, which probably matters for your third and fourth linebacker spot. Yeah, and didn't play a whole lot last year. Is he coming off an injury? You yeah, know, he's only, coming off an injury. You know, 90 total snaps or so, you know, um, you know, yep. 17 tackles. You know, he didn't have a, a big year for a bad team last year. I'm um, not sure how much he could, how much he's going to help this one. Definitely injured. Um, but um, as far as... Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. One, two. Brooklyn is everything. Home to icons, bar raisers, and startups who are just getting started. And for all who live here, home to great health care. New York Presbyterian Brooklyn Methodist Hospital. 
with doctors from Weill Cornell Medicine, a new center for community health, and endless empathy for everyone. Stay Brooklyn. Stay amazing. As depth goes, I talked about earlier, I'm still concerned about the defensive line. Um, you have two rookies who looked okay, but let's be real. They're day three rookies on a position that typically takes three years to get that grow man, grown man strength to last in the NFL. And uh Wazarike and Henningsen. And then Purcell, who has not looked very good the last two years and is a year older. Uh, so I'm pulling for Purcell because, man, it sounds like just everything I've gathered and seen from him, it sounds like he's a grade A person, but got to separate the dude from the player. I don't want to be biased in that regard. And I have questions about Purcell. I also think Deshaun Williams as a starter makes me a little bit concerned as well. I think he's a very, very good first guy off the bench. who You can rotate in in different spots, but being a starter on the defensive line, it's it's kind of the same conversation I had the last few seasons with Malik Reed. It's like, oh, Malik Reed starting, not great. Malik Reed yeah. is one of your primary backup edge rushers. Hallelujah. That's that that means you're really healthy in that room. So uh, that, we'll that said, Nick, if we rewind us back a couple of months, you know, we we almost had McTelvin Ajim penciled into the starting lineup. You know, at one point, I remember we it, it was that was who's probably going to start in this spot. Now he's not even on the, the active roster. So in theory, Draymond, DJ, Deshaun Williams, okay. And then your backups, again, you mentioned some low draft picks on the ends with Mike Purcell in the middle, but with Wazarike and Henningsen, I do feel better about their ability to, to hold up against a rush. You've heard me say it a zillion times that they just need to be able to do a job and let your let your linebackers run free and roam free. I think they can do that. I feel like they're going to hold up against a double team. They're going to hold their ground a lot better. Now, I'm not expecting anything moving forward from them. You know, uh, if anything you get from that is a bonus. But as long as they're not getting blown out of there, then you're okay. You're okay. So I feel a lot better about the the, the first and second team than I did two weeks ago. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Yeah, the interior defensive line I'm still, still concerned about, uh, especially because even the preseason games – that we've seen, I guess, besides the Bills game where they just absolutely beat the living well, heck out of you. That was your tryout for, yeah. you know, was it Jonathan Harrison and McTelvin Ajim? Like, no, I can't. Yep, I cannot go to war with these guys. And nope. it was, I, I've always said a zillion times, what do you know? You're not a coach. I'm like, if it's obvious to a dummy like me, then these guys getting, you know, that are obsessing 120 hours a week over film, getting paid seven figures, I'll figure it out. I promise yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, the other spot here where, Broncos kind of made a move, I guess, to bring in some talent. Um, Darius Phillips waving a saying Bassey who winds up back on the Broncos practice squad. Uh, the cornerback depth specifically on the boundary is greatly concerning for me uh, because of Michael Ojemudia's erratic play and injury, as well as Ronald Darby's uh, history of uh, injury where he's only played one season in his entire career to date where he has not missed time due to injury. So, Boundary cornerback, that's one where you could sink the defense really quickly. I'm not even going to whisper anything happening to number two because that would go from a potential top 10 defense to a bottom 10 defense lickety split. But uh, Greg Smith coming in, top of the morning to you. we got some steak and eggs for breakfast. I love it. Pancakes, uh, milk, and some coffee. God bless you. got to get that dairy in there as well. That's the, the Midwest vibes in there. Uh, High protein in. for breakfast. Protein for Yeah, I typically eat a Quest bar. Free advertisement, I guess. That's not really exciting, but... Uh, Help me keep some weight down. So uh, Blake also Blake Martinez getting released. Yeah, we'll see. Um, we also got. Uh, let me see who else coming in here. 
Dave Glassman coming in. I'm going to make my first legal bet in Kansas on our boys going all the way. Got to be at least 10 to 1 odds. Uh, good luck to you, man. That would be amazing. I have not made any massive bets like that. Um, I think if there's any bets to make next week, bet the under versus Iowa, Iowa State. Um, but other than that, I'm not sure. <laughs> Is it 17? I don't know. And Iowa's favorite. I just... They say the biggest improvement you make is from week one to week two in college football, but my God, it was against an FCS team. And no, no disrespect to South Dakota State. I think they went to the FCS championship game last year. They sent three guys to the NFL in the draft. I mean, that's a not North Dakota State level program, but they're good. But mm-hmm. woof, woof, woof. I wonder with the transfer rules and stuff, are we going to see less players moving down a level and coming back up? You know what I mean? You know, yeah. you know, there's always development players, but you used to see guys that would drop down out of division one and they could play right away if they drop down a division. Now you can pretty much play right away if you transfer, period. So I wonder if that's gonna end up hurting some of the the, the next level programs. Food for thought. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, gosh, I feel like Iowa needs wide receivers. They should be poaching some Mac schools or FCS teams constantly. Kirk Ferentz, what what year is it? Um, we got uh, Mario coming in here saying good morning from Boise, Idaho. Pretty close over here. Uh, go Broncos times two question mark. Uh, do you think we will score a touchdown in the first quarter this year? More than a field goal. We need to show the league we can score touchdowns. I definitely think it's possible. I wouldn't be shocked though, to see the Broncos kind of come in and get their feet. I, the thing is, and this is just me and maybe Nathaniel Hackett's different. Maybe I'm just so jaded by defense first with the offense, protecting the defense, but I don't respect for the most part, the Seahawks offense, enough to feel like I have to go balls to the wall and put ourselves in a nervous situation or a precarious situation to score a touchdown in the first quarter. I think I'd almost rather come in and get those body blows in early, uh, punch them in the gut repeatedly with Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon and that ground game uh, before feeling like we have to score a touchdown. That doesn't mean you won't score a touchdown, but I'm looking for, I'm thinking the long game and then hopefully softening them up, uh, you know, making their ribs a little bruised. Uh, as we start the second half, and that's when the those cuts or shots to the chest will become full-on body blows and uh, knockout punches. Mario, yes. I think you'll score a touchdown in the first quarter because I think you can do all those things that Nick are saying and still punch it in. Yeah. Uh, I think you can lean heavily on the running game and still work your way down the field and score a touchdown. I think you'll be a little bit more aggressive in the red zone um, mm-hmm. instead of you know overly conservative or you know meek. So, yes, I think you can get a touchdown in the first quarter. So it might be on the second drive, but you know, you get two, two Russell Wilson with two possessions in the first quarter. One of them's a touchdown. Let's let one of them be a pick six. That'd be great too. Or a strip sack or something. That'd be some, some fireworks here or help Montreal Washington special teams touchdown. There we go. Glenn Hare coming in saying morning guys ended up with Russ and Judy, my fantasy draft yesterday. Here's hoping for a solid one, two punch on it from our Broncos and from my fantasy team. If it's PPR, I think you got a good chance there for some good plays from Judy. I think Judy's going to be a high-volume player. I'm curious to see the depth of target for Judy this year in comparison to KJ Hamler and the rest of them, but uh will be fun. Um, should be a good one. I typically try to avoid Broncos players like the plague because I feel like I'm biased towards them, and also sometimes I'm in leagues with Broncos fans, so they tend to go way earlier <laughs> than they, uh, they probably should given the league averages, but... Uh, the years that I've won a lot of leagues was the years, you know, drafting no Sean Marino or CJ Anderson or Peyton Manning in 2012 and uh, getting some serious money from those ones. That was a good time. See, I'm a curse. So I always went after Saints players. <laughs> no, um, 
again, it's tough. You feel like I don't like taking players from my own teams just because you can get beat twice. Mm-hmm. You know, I it's like, okay, we, we lost. They had a bad game and it screwed my fantasy team too. Damn it. Um, so I like to hedge. I like to hedge on that type of thing. But again, I, I've picked uh, Jerry Judy as my my breakout player this year as far as you know who's who's ready to take that next step on a national stage, become more of a, a national name. Again, a first round draft pick out of Alabama. People know the name Jerry Judy, but he's been quiet for the first mm-hmm. two years compared to you know guys like Justin Jefferson or uh, Jamar Chase. You know, so uh, we'll see. We'll see if Jerry Judy can make that step. I I think he can in year three. He's still super young, and he's going to be the first option on on uh, extended plays. I believe that. I hope you end up being right on that one. Well, we'll see. KJ Hamler is also an option there. Um, don't think it'll be a tight end. Uh, maybe even a dump off to the running backs, but hoping for a good year from Judy because he needs it. The Broncos need it. He's the one who's on not bust watch, but you know, bleep or get off the pot watch for right. me. You are you gonna are you gonna get your option picked up or not? Yeah. Yep. Which is probably in the neighborhood of eight figures. Yep, 100%. Uh, we got Zebulon coming in saying, I got Javante and Sutton in one league and Russ and Judy in another. Hopefully they all crush it. Hopefully they all crush it and stay healthy. Lawrence Rivera coming in saying, gentlemen, woohoo. Uh, and it's time. So, yes, it is time. Um, good to see you, Lawrence. Thank you for the stars, question mark, but uh, we appreciate you. Um, also, we got Glenn Harris saying, hoping we just score a massive amount of points and have a top 10 offense with Hackett calling the plays. I will accept top 12 offense. <laughs> it doesn't have to be top 10. Well, it'll be eons better than it has been. And I think it's just going to look, things are going to look easier for Broncos country. And God, I'm so, it used to just be excruciating every single yard or play you had to claw and fight and bite for. And now there's going to be chunk plays where like that guy's wide open. God, why isn't everybody doing this? So, and I'm, I'm coping right now because of what I saw from the Iowa game on Saturday. So they, they better uh, have a, at least, a top third offense in the league this year. Nick, I like to use a basketball reference when the games were close. You know, once the games, once a team got the lead, then they'd kind of chew it out. They'd slow it down. Uh, but when the games were close, I said it was like, even when the Broncos scored, it was like watching a half court team go down, run down the clock to the last minute and then make a shot at the end. It felt like every single basket was a, was work. And the other team just runs the ball right down and gets a layup. You're like, man, you know, so again, they're, they're the offense You've got multiple ways to win this year, hopefully. You know, again, last year, the offense played not to lose. The defense played not to lose. And the special teams was losing. So it was it was dull. It wasn't just bad. It was boring. That's a just a really bad combination for, for a football team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, I'm hoping that uh, those days are behind us in Broncos country. I need it. <laughs> Glenn also coming in saying... Hoping we, oh, excuse me, this one, he said snag KJ in all my leagues because he's a huge sleeper. Yeah, I mean, God, if one of the Broncos, knock on wood, but if one of the top two receivers go down, KJ is a huge uh, get. DeAndre Weatherspoon coming in saying, good morning, guys. I'm cautiously optimistic. Let's ride. And I love the Broncos are being doubted and flying under the radar. Underdog rule. I saw Peter King pick Denver to miss the playoffs. It's just, that's where they're at right now, guys. They're, everybody's in a wait and see mode with Denver. I don't think it's full-on disrespect. Anybody who's saying Denver is going all the way might be drinking too much Kool-Aid. Anybody who thinks they're worse than the Raiders, I think, is drinking the other kind of Kool-Aid. So um, I think third place probably is where the national pundits are going to fall on them right now until proven otherwise. There's just too many question marks surrounding the Broncos to be all in on them 
unless you are trying to, you know, get a soundbite. In my opinion, uh, I think the Broncos have a chance to finish first, but if, you know, gun to my head right now, I'd probably pick for safety reasons, Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, Raiders, but that Broncos team, high variance. They they could click or they could uh, fall apart, especially with the questions you have on some of the depth areas on defense. And you could finish third and be 11 and six and, and yep. one of the favorites entering the tournament, you know, so that that's okay. Again, it's, it's peaking at the right time, being healthy at the right time mm-hmm. and uh, you know, winning the games you should win and splitting the games that are close. You do that. You're looking at 11 and six at worst. Yep. hundred percent. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a world. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Uh, so we'll see how it plays out. Um, we got a question coming in here from Nick Deegan saying Deontay Spencer has to be the worst returner of all time. There are worse returners for sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, he was definitely a disappointing player, but I think he made a pro Bowl as a returner, just kind of poking fun at the pro Bowl there. Uh, but Montreal Washington looks like he's going to be a good returner for us. And we'll see who's the kickoff guy full term. Uh, when that time happens, there's going to be so many just kickoffs booted out of the back of the end zone, though, that more procedural than anything with the kickoff return player. Zebulon coming in saying, do you guys think KJ can really have much of an impact on the offense coming off an ACL? Want to see it, but I definitely think it's possible. He went out there. He looked wide open and pretty good in that Minnesota game. I think he's going to be better as every game goes on. So, yeah, I think he's he can have an impact. He's still probably the fastest player on the Broncos team. And uh, Russell Wilson really likes to hunt for big plays. KJ Hamler's a big play spark plug. Yeah, and and you've mentioned before that it's not just the straight line speed that makes a difference for him. You know, he's he's got some some side to side. Hopefully, the the injuries haven't sapped his lateral mobility. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see, but he should be a wide receiver three, and a wide receiver three in this offense should get six hundred yards um, somewhere in that neighborhood. So we we will see. We will see. Um, again, there's. It's hard to really pick any one of the offensive weapons except the running backs because there are so many offensive weapons. Who's it going to be? Is it going to be Hamler, Sutton, Judy, uh, Okawebenam, Dulcich? Okay, well, let's go to the other side. You know, let's let's drop a little deeper now. Now you got Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon, free Mike Boone. You know, so there's lots of guys in there. It, it, for me, 
going back to the fantasy talk, it makes anybody other than Russell Wilson a big fantasy gamble. I'd be pretty happy with the running backs, uh, especially Javante Williams, because even with the the split, they were both like 9 and 11 in yards last year. Just need to get in the end zone a little bit more, which should happen with a little bit more aggressive play calling. Yeah. You'd hope so. So let's get into the uh, topic of conversation here uh, today. The Broncos, uh, we had Dylan Von Arks, who is not joining us for the morning shows, but he's you know helping with the chat in the evening shows. Uh, coming in with that, actually, first, <laughs> I'm seeing Fuchsia, uh, purple. Um, Ethan coming in, $50. I thought you were in the UK, Ethan. What's going on? I see the dollar sign, not the pound. Um, saying, I don't see many players in line to get a contract. Either they aren't eligible for extension or they are under a new contract. Draymond Jones, definitely enough rising resurfaces here, maybe. Chubb is a franchise tag player if he plays well without injury. So Ethan, you know, said a lot or less there than I will more uh, elegantly than I will get in into it. But yeah, three players highlighted on Dylan's piece here over on mile high huddle. You can check it out on milehighhuddle.com, uh, saying that, uh, three players in line for a new contract, Bradley Chubb being the first one, um, saying edge rusher is the second most important behind the quarterback in the NFL. While Chubb hasn't been available for the Broncos consistently, when he's on the field, he commands much attention from the opposing offense. Going into 2020, the healthiest he's been since his rookie campaign, Chubb could produce a similar stat line to 2018. Having Gregory opposite him helps increase his chances of making game-breaking plays. Ed Rusher gets paid handsomely on the open market, so Denver would be wise to lock up Chubb before his price skyrockets. Due to his injury history impacting his play on the field the last few years, a two-year prove-it deal could be in the cards for the former top uh, five draft pick, around $15 million per year. I can't see any way in heck that uh, Bradley Chubb would accept a two-year, $15 million per year deal uh, right now. If anything, it's like Ethan said here, uh, Chubb has a good year, a healthy year, and then plays on the tag next year so the Broncos prove it again. And with how Russell Wilson's contract is set up, I think you have the room uh, to make the tag there to make him go out there and prove it again. Well, and his he's going to have to have a monster year to get tagged because right now the tag on an edge is $25 million. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the average of the top five contracts and taking a quick look over at spot rack. You're at TJ Watt at 28, Joey Bosa at 27, Miles Garrett at 25, Max Crosby, 23, five and Khalil Mack at 23, five. So just put him right in the middle of that and say 25, you're giving him miles Garrett money. If you tag him. Um, so is it worth, if he gets off to a good start, you know, maybe going three 45 with 30 guaranteed you know, 25 guaranteed, something in there. Do you make that offer? I think if he's off to a good start and healthy, you know, seven games in or so, you might approach with that type of money. Um, but if you give a, a $25 million guaranteed contract to him, he he better be 15 plus sacks and he better be playing 16 games. He's going to have to have a huge year, which he's capable of doing. You know, let's take his rookie year and think that, you know, extrapolates positively over the last four years. That's where he should be. Or is he just not that good? Is he is he not that good a player? Because to tag him, he's going to have to have a huge year to get a tag. Could you offer him a lesser deal? Yeah, you could. You, you could. Will he take it? We'll see. Hmm. If you don't, if he doesn't take it, I still think you can get him for, you'll get him for considerably less. He's not getting 25 a year on the open market. Yeah, His best deal for next year would be if he were to get tagged. I believe that. Maybe not the best as far as long-term guarantees um, for him, uh, mm -hmm. but it's definitely, I could see them using, and also there's different levels of the tag. I mean, I mean, average per year, 20, yeah. he's not getting yeah. 25 a year. Probably not. Probably not. If he has, you know, I mean, are you going to pay him like miles Garrett? 
again, if he has 20 sacks and you tag him and you're okay with that. The That's... issue isn't so much Miles Garrett's contract. It's that Miles Garrett was paid two off seasons ago and mm-hmm. probably is worth a new contract. It's also before he totally exploded next year. It's kind of like Patrick Mahomes is now what the fifth highest paid quarterback. He should be already ready for a new one. I know that's yeah. rough for those players, but that's are the teams, but is what it is. So it's more about the next guy uh, to get but paid. Miles Garrett is still the third highest paid edge is, is my point yeah. on that. Those guys yeah. I mentioned, you'd love to put Bradley Chubb in those name with those names, but he's, he's never been there. It's not yeah. like we're talking about, you know, Cortland Sutton had a, one of those years where like, okay, he's on the ascendancy. You see him as being a, a top five type of wide receiver until he got hurt. Yeah. You know, if he goes out and has a monster year this year, okay, now I've seen it a couple times. I've seen the 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 upside, the the ceiling for this guy, and it is franchise taggable type of money. Mm-hmm. Bradley Chubb is going to have to have a freaking monster year to get $25 million guaranteed next season. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Uh, we got Dante King coming in here saying, how do you guys feel about Blake Martinez? He's a good tackler with good in the run game. Talked about it a little earlier. I think if he wants to come in for super cheap, maybe um, I asked Dom Capers about it too. Dom Capers is the defensive coordinator for Blake Martinez's best years. I don't think he's better than Josie Jewell. And I don't think he offers hardly anything special teams wise. So I think it comes down to question of who's more valuable as your fourth uh, linebacker, third linebacker Singleton slash Trinod or Blake Martinez. And I know Blake Martinez got paid before, but guess what? Joe Schobert got paid before and he was here for, not even, I don't think his coffee got cool uh, by the time he was here. They poured him one and it was still steaming by the time he was released again. So uh, we'll see how it happens there. We got Clayton coming in. Morning, guys. Happy Labor Day. Smash that like button on the way in. Let's ride. Thank you so much, Clayton. Good to see you. And we also got uh, Zebulon coming in with the hearts here over on Facebook. Thank you so much, Zebulon. Happy Labor Day to you. We really appreciate the support keeping the, keeping on the lights for us. Peter Middleton, which are your guys uh, surprised defensive and offensive players not expected to be the first team but will be come in the first team in the first six games. Uh, this is a tough one. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't have, I don't have it. I mean, Baron Browning, you know, if somebody gets hurt on the edge, yeah, you know, um, you may maybe look in the secondary possibly for, for something like that, but it's, you know, there's a, the starting 22 is, Maybe on the offensive line, you know, I don't, I don't know that there is really anybody there. Um, Maybe you see if, Quinn if Calvin Miners. Anderson starts, then you don't want him finishing. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Quinn Miner struggles and you go for a more safe guy and Graham Glasgow with better pass protection or center, you know, or Graham center. Glasgow in at center. Yeah. Um, uh, the two that come to mind for me here um, that seem one of them, maybe seems spicy, but maybe, Hey, we haven't seen him all season. Maybe he's lost a step. Nobody let this get to him because he'll come and kill me. But uh, Kareem Jackson um, out there at safety, you have Caden Stearns and PJ Locke, who I thought looked pretty darn good in their second team reps. Mm -hmm. Maybe you start to see KJ get a little less slice of the pie when it comes to snaps at uh, starting safety in favor of uh, PJ Locke slash uh, Caden Stearns. And this one might be the most spicy here. uh, But as far as a first team player that might get surpassed somewhat, uh, Javante Williams. Um, I think that there's a chance that Melvin Gordon uh, looks better, more competent, more consistent in this outside zone, wide zone, stretch uh, centric running game. And that Javante actually gets a little less piece of the pie coming forward. It's going to be a 1A, 1B situation, so I'm not really concerned about it. But I think that definitely a chance that Melvin Gordon um, starts to get a little bit more of majority of the snaps. 
Maybe Uwazarike gets microwaved and mm-hmm. you need his size on the defensive line uh, early off and he ends up being the first one out instead of uh, Deshaun Williams. Yeah. Uh, that could be a possibility too. And, and Peter says Hamler. And, you know, I, I kind of look at the, the th- there's usually on depth charts, there's three wide receivers listed. And so he's listed yeah. among the first team. So, you know, I didn't, I didn't necessarily include him. Is he out there one or two? You know, it depends on Cortland Sutton is one. I don't think yeah. we're going to argue about that. Now, um, could he supplant Judy as far as getting more snaps? Possibly. Possibly. Um, could come down to blocking on that one. And neither one of them, neither one of them are, you know, what I would consider, you know, big blockers. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we went, we ran through some names there, you know, for an underdog, I, I might throw a Wazarike out there um, getting microwaved his development where he just keeps stepping up. And he becomes a little bit more stout, a little bit more size, a little bit more length to play that other three, four end. Yep. Yep. hundred percent. Alan coming in with a good one here. Uh, healthy Gregory Dulcich versus Albert Okwavenam. I'm really concerned about Greg Dulcich with how much time he's missed this season. If we get mm-hmm. anything from him at all, I will be uh, ecstatic, but uh, we'll see. Moving on here. I uh, want to get to a few more players here from Dylan Von Arx's article. This is the guy that I'd probably pound the table for as worthy of the next extension I, if I was his agent, I'd tell him to hold out, <laughs> not not to hold out, but not sign a contract until after the season. It's always risky, though, because an injury can happen, then you might lose a lot of guaranteed. But Draymond Jones, uh, Draymond Jones, the next guy in Dylan's article here, is the next in line to get paid. Uh, Dylan writes, Jones has been a workhorse on the defensive line for the past three years. Broncos country has been waiting for him to have his breakout season, and he's poised to do it finally this year. I think he's already broken out personally, but could be even a more statistically impactful year for him. Uh, While Jones' run defense still needs some improvement, his pass rush ability is where he makes his money. Interior pass rush is vital, and with Chubb and Gregory running the edges, Jones will have plenty of opportunities to feast in the middle. Broncos should hedge their bets and extend Jones before he plays at a much higher pay grade. A three-, four-year deal for $14 to $16 million per year sounds about right. I do not know what the interior defensive line market is off the top of my head right now, but uh, Draymond Jones, I think, is one that I would love to have settled before the season even starts and get him locked up here um, because I think he's going to have a a good season. And man, he he's a dog too. He is just nasty. So I'm excited to see what he can do this year. Well, the top 20 are making eight figures, a mm-hmm. uh, defensive end. Um, now they're not all three, four ends. So, you know, you can look in the defensive tackle in there also, but the top 20 guys in the NFL are, uh, are, are eight figures are 10 million plus. And Draymond is a, is a bargain right now. Um, you know, would you consider him a top 20 defensive lineman for what he does? for yeah. the Denver Broncos at 25 years old, um, who's now his cap hit this year is 2.8, you know, a 2.5 yeah. base salary. You know, he's a, he's a bargain. Um, he is, he's a bargain. Um, so yeah, I, I think Draymond is somebody you want to start moving on Nick. Yeah. And looking at just the contracts here, 14 to 16 actually does look pretty good to me. Javon Hargrave, 13, DJ Reedia, 13.25, Fletcher Cox, 14, JJ Watt, 14, Cam Hayward, 16.4, Grady Jarrett, 16.5, Kenny Clark, Clark, 17.5, Vita Vea, 17.75, John Allen, 18, Chris Jones, 20, Mm -hmm. Lennon Williams, 21, DeForest Buckner, 21, Aaron Donald, 31. Rightly so. He should be paid that much more than those guys. But uh, 14 to 16 seems right. I bet you Draymond will hold out for uh 18 to 20 range though that'd be a lot you know that'd be that'd be a a big big bump um i was thinking you know 15 somewhere in that number the dwi goes uh there you go nick now can you say wait what are those that he's it's five what pounds 
There you go. Five pounds. Thank you. Thank you, Ethan. Thank you, Ethan. He says, thanks for reminding me to change my VPN. I'm like, yeah, it's he, uh, uh, the stealth Ethan thinks he's in Alaska with Eric Trickle. So yep. back, uh, back in the UK, appreciate it, Ethan, as always. Yep. Um, yeah, Draymond, you, you want to get him, you don't want him hitting the open market. If you can avoid it, a good start to the defense and to the team will help increase those vibes. But we've also seen, I've talked about it before, the capital that George Payton has with those, with that team is as high as it will ever be as high as it can get. When you're signing Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick to deals on a floundering team with a coach that's about to be fired and no quarterback, and you're able to get them extensions based on trust me and here's some money. And then you deliver. Okay. Here's what I did. Here, here's, here's what I did for you guys. Um, you know, you're able to then re-sign Russell Wilson to a contract extension. Hey, we're going to get this deal done. Uh, you know, as you're making that trade, Russ, come here, come to Denver. We'll get this deal done. They did. You know, so far, any promise that he's made internally that we know of, the big ones anyway, he's delivered on. So fast start, defense is playing fun, exciting football, will help George Payton in negotiations because Draymond will want to stay. He'll He'll want to keep a good thing going. You know, or he could just be one of those guys. And, and frankly, he, he he's very smart. He's very analytical. He might just say, you know what? Let me. I'm, I'm not sentimental. Let me uh, let me take a look. Take the take the Scott Boris baseball approach and say, you know, they never resign. They always become free agents. Is what I mean by the Scott Boris baseball approach. Is I want to see the market. Yeah, I can come back. Make me an offer. I like it here. You have a, a really good chance. But I'm gonna I'm gonna hit the market. So we'll see. But I would definitely be offering him a contract based on the numbers that we've just read off where the top 20 guys are all making 10 and he's at 2.8 coming off a rookie deal. Yeah, nope, absolutely. I think that one makes a lot of sense uh, coming in here. Um, we also got, uh, who is it right here? We got uh, Dalton Clee coming in. Oh, it was Clee, Clee first though, but saying, I guess to find out about having a good quarterback will do for Draymond Jones, not just a good quarterback. Um, having a lead will help a lot, but also the edge rushers around him last year starting were, not starting, not of starting quality, and the linebackers behind him were also not of starting quality, so that should help overall uh, for him this season. Last player written here, the one that's probably the most head scratching um, given his level of play. Uh, we have uh, Dalton Reisner coming in here saying the former Kansas State standout has had his ups and downs in the Valley, but is an essential piece of the offensive line. Reisner's best season was in Rich Gangrillo's wide zone offensive system in 2019, where zone blocking was significantly utilized. Zone blocking has been utilized in both schemes, but it's inside versus outside. So I want to add that caveat. Uh, with Nathaniel Hackett employing a similar West Coast offense, prioritizing the wide zone rushing attack, Reisner could return to form. Continuity, uh, continuity for the offensive line is critical almost like a brotherhood and to mess with that chemistry can make or break your protection. Resigning Reisner should be in consideration at about six to 8 million per year. It's also possible to get a discount because he's a hometown kid, but that's far from a guarantee. So yeah, Reisner needs to show it for me uh, before I even come close to coming with that. Uh, there's multiple players on this team that I think I would come at before uh, Dalton Reisner is coming that Reisner to me right now looks like a average league replacement player. Uh, I don't need I don't know if you need to pay him. Yeah, six to eight right now is, um, we'll just say seven and a half, puts you top 20. You know, so you're dealing with 64 starting guards in the NFL. Is Dalton Reisner a top third guard in the NFL right now? Uh, I don't think so. Um, no. You know, he was, a, you mentioned, I think you just used the word replacement level player last year. Uh, I want to see it. 
want to want to move on. Otherwise, you know, do you bring in a, a you know a draft choice? You know, some of the guys that are in there. Um, I mean, Quentin Nelson is is about getting paid about the same as Dalton Reisner. That's that is an anomaly. Quentin Nelson's going to move up into the twenty range as a guard. Chris Lindstrom, guard. Uh, he's he's in the three range until he gets his fifth year option picked up. Um, so he's already well compensated. Dalton Reisner is well compensated for who he is, and he's probably a little overpaid. Um, would you do you like him as a depth piece, and you offer him a contract? Maybe, but not in the seven million range. Not for me, Nick. Yeah, nope, not for me. I need to see it from him this year and. Broncos drafted Luke Wattenberg, who looked pretty good at uh, guard in preseason. Uh, you can probably find another guy for relatively cheap. I mean, if Reisner has a turnaround this season, maybe um, you approach him halfway through the year, but I need to see a lot from him before I uh, make that jump. Uh, so, Scott, any other players here, before we start to wrap it up, any other players here that stand out? You think maybe somebody the Broncos could approach for a contract renegotiation extension before the season? These are obviously three that were pretty high draft pick. So they're pretty well known, but there's some other players as well that I think are worth at least sniffing around on. Yeah. I mean, what do you, what do you think about Ronald Darby? You know, um, what kind of season does he have? He's, he is under contract next year. Um, but he's got a $3 million dead cap and a $13 million cap hit. So he's expendable. That's a $10 million savings. If you waive him. So this is a club option at 13. Do you offer him Hey, we're going to pay out your three million guarantee as a, or whatever as a signing bonus, and we want to put you on two years, but we're going to lower your cap hit to six and a half. Now, if we're talking six and a half to seven million dollars for Ronald Darby, is that someone that you might think about renegotiating, or is he toast? <laughs> it's just his age and his injury history makes it concerning. Um, if you could maybe lop on another, let's say, get his contract through twenty even adding two years to me makes me like grit my teeth a little bit because given his injury history and the, and he's 20, he'll be into his second year. He'd be 30. Yeah. So maybe if you want to add one year on that, that's something Mm -hmm. you could think about, but I am very trepidatious of paying specifically uh, the cornerback position beyond the age 30 season for anything that is not, you know, a veteran flyer level contract uh, given the historical norms at the cornerback position. Yeah. I I just, I think, I, I think you're probably better off almost cutting and re-signing, but you know, I don't know how often that works. So you might want to talk about doing, but for me, that's one that makes sense. Do you, is mm-hmm. he, is he playing well? If he plays well, you'd like to have him on your team, but I don't want a 30 year old corner at 13 million. So he'll be 29 on a $13 million deal. And I've got all the leverage um, yeah. except for, you know, you're not going to make, it was similar to Graham Glasgow last year. I said, there's no way, Glasgow plays 2022 on this contract. No way. He had a $16 million number or something like that. There's no freaking way. I'm not that adamant about Ronald Darby, but I will be shocked if he plays on a $13 million contract next year with a dead cap number of three. That will shock me. So I expect something to be done in the next 12 months, not even 12 months, in the next nine months with Ronald Darby. Yeah. No, I think you are uh, not wrong with that one. A couple names that uh, come to mind here that I wanted to give a shout out for before we get going. Uh, looking at the 2023 um, Broncos free agents, uh, I'm pretty sure I'm reading this correctly here. Uh, PJ Locke. I think PJ Locke is still going to be 
he might be a restricted free agent next year. If that's the case, then never mind. Um, but Jonas Griffith was already an ex- exclusive rights free agent last offseason. He might be again. But if PJ Locke is a full on free agent next year, he's one that maybe you can approach for a. It would be a significant bump for him, but you know, like a two year, seven million dollar contract mm-hmm. um, where it's like, okay, we got you locked up now, and uh, you are getting a massive bump in your pay, and uh, you should be feeling a lot better that because right now PJ Locke is making eight hundred. And ninety five thousand. So getting him up to seven million over two years might be big for him. Um, so that's one that comes to mind. The other one here, and this is kind of a a tricksy one uh, in my opinion. But Garrett Bowles, a uh, Garrett Bowles contract is let me pull it up right now. But Garrett Bowles contract is coming up to a situation where it starts to balloon pretty good, but his guaranteed money drops a lot. And thank you, Ethan. Locke is a free restricted free agent next year. So never mind on that one. I was looking at it. I was like, is that what he's playing on right now, or is that what he's at next year? So. Obviously, that's what he could be next year. So never mind on that one. But Garrett Bowles' contract, 2023, uh, the Broncos can save themselves, uh, gosh, it looks like $14 million, uh, next year. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, the Broncos can save themselves. Here we go. Yeah, about $14 million next year, moving on from him with a dead cap split up. Uh, if they wait until after June 1st, dead cap of $4 million and $4 million with only two years left on his deal. That, to me, sounds like a deal that is ripe for renegotiation, maybe adding a year or two on there bumping up some of the guarantees and maybe smoothing some of the cap hits for next season where his uh, cap hit next year is about 18 million then jumps up to 20 million. I think you can raise some guarantees while lowering the cap hit a bit if you want, and then pushing some of that extra money to the the pot next year for 2023 while uh, giving Garrett more guarantees and just safety long-term. And and Ethan says no one Ronald Darby is likely a cap cut next year, save 10 million. Yeah, I agree. Like, like I said, I don't, I don't see him playing on that contract. Um, but if he's, if you can knock it down to six or seven and he's still a solid plus level corner, you want that on your team. You, Mm -hmm. you know, you want a solid plus level corner. So I guess it depends on $7 million for a starting cornerback. Isn't too much money if he's playing well. So, you know, can you move that to two years and knock your cap number down, you know, from 13 down to six or seven, you'll be pretty happy with that. Now I mentioned in the same breath was Graham Glasgow, um, Obviously, again, I mentioned it last year. I'll say it again this year. His cap hit next year is 14. His dead cap number is three. He's toast. That contract is toast. There is no way, no how, he's playing on a $14 million contract next year. No way. Not with a $3 million cap hit. However, do I keep him around as a backup at five or is he just gone and I eat the $3 million? Because, you know, he, he can sit out and take his three. He's already getting compensated $3 million for next year. He doesn't even have to play. So yeah. I have to make it worth his while also. Or do I just cut him? I save, what did I just say, 14 versus three? Save $11 million on the cap and thank you? I think that's what's going to happen with Graham Glasgow. Yeah, certainly possible. It does sound like Glasgow is very well liked uh, in the Broncos mm-hmm. locker room. Um, as a, a veteran presence, maybe you can keep him around uh, for less than that, you know, just to be a dude around here. <laughs> Who knows uh, where he's at in his life and what he's comfortable with. But I think that's maybe one where you do approach him with that kind of thing first. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, who knows? So he uh, Scott, took we, a pay cut because he knew he was over. I yeah. mean, he was, he wasn't worth what he was getting paid. So he was ripe for a cut where can, we can waive you or we can renegotiate. Okay, let's renegotiate. And he did. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's still rich. He's made a ton of money off that initial contract, yeah. but 
you know, is he worth five million to keep around? Say, you know, we're going to renegotiate. We're going to knock your base down to two, and you're getting your three from your previous. Your total compensation for 2023 is going to be five million dollars. Otherwise, we're going to cut you, and thank you for everything. But he, there's no way, no how, Garrett Bowles is playing on that contract. I'm sorry, Graham Glasgow is playing on that contract next year. Yeah. Be curious, um, but uh, yeah, I know the Garrett Bowles is the one that really stands out to me as far as being ripe for renegotiation, uh, given how the contract balloons, given the money the Broncos have that they can pay him a bonus up front so he can get that cash and uh, do some cap wizardry uh, to create some space and move some money around. So uh, and Ethan coming in saying, I thought Bulls contract was ripe for restructure this year, but definitely next year. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, Draymond Jones first and then the Bulls restructure. Those would be my one and two priority internally. Externally, we'll have all season to kind of figure out where this roster is, who becomes available, and what the uh, what the big needs become. Maybe it's right tackle like we're screaming. Maybe it's another cornerback opposite Sertan, while he's still relatively cost controlled, even though he's a top not top ten pick, but relatively cost controlled. So we'll see. But Scott, we got to start wrapping on up here. It's uh, approaching eight thirty Mountain Time, and uh, I got to get in and do some work here today and do some cleaning because I've been gone enjoying myself all week. You're allowed to do that every so often. Um, yeah. Do the same. So, you know, we've got a week, a week. And I asked this to Zach yesterday. Would you rather play? Do you like the Monday night spotlight or do you feel like, man, week one, this is torture to have to wait this long? I just love NFL football so much that uh, I'm fine waiting um, because yeah. there's going to be plenty of good games to watch the whole time. I'm not shout out to Ernie Mays, but I'm not Ernie Mays where like every other <laughs> NFL team out there, I'm like hissing and like putting up like a crucifix at them. Um, I'm going to be just ecstatic to watch NFL football in general. Um, and uh, honestly, sometimes it's less painful to watch your team. Um, again, I'm very jaded by no, this Iowa fan, game. This all the neutrals. It's sometimes it's more fun to be a neutral and just watching football Good game. Yep. I never, I never understood that you go to games and when the other team runs out on the field, booing them, you're like, well, who the hell are we going to play if they're not here? I was more like, yes, thank you for being here. Now sit down. We want to kick your asses, but we appreciate you being here. Welcome. Welcome. Otherwise, it it's just a big circle, you know, you know, anyway. <laughs> it depends on the team and the history. Yeah. Um, so like if Purdue comes to Iowa this year and Jeff Braun talking a lot of crap about Iowa, definitely booing. Um, but uh, we'll see how it goes. And finally, uh, coming in here before we start to get out, um, Kenneth coming in saying uh, Dallas signs Jason Peters. Did he make a mistake not pursuing him? Jason Peters is only left tackle. He's not as good as Garrett Bowles at this point in his career. He was pretty poor last year. Uh, Dallas is doing this out of desperation uh, because they don't really have an option. They feel comfortable with that left tackle behind him. So I think he's older than I am. He's he's up there. Scott, you look great for 96. <laughs> um, but no, he's, uh, uh, he's he'll be 41 this year. So our actually our birthdays are fairly close. He's January 22nd. I'm, I'm I am older than Jason Peters, but. Um, you know, he, he played well last year. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he especially pass blocking. He's, and again, we talk about the difference between the, the strength and the quick twitch, you know, you're plenty strong at 40 years old. You know, he's, he might not move laterally as well as he once did, but he's still, he's still a beast. What kind of numbers did he get? Do you know? No idea. Hmm. But if no he idea. is, if he is left tackle only and he'd be a liability at right, then he's not going to help you that much. Nope. Yeah, that's the uh, – I feel like there's some about Broncos country. You know, why don't we go after Leal Collins? Broncos coaching staff, Nathaniel Hackett, really love Billy Turner. Um, so it's probably why. But uh, we'll find out about this uh, <clears throat> right tackle we spot. Love, love, we may grow to love Billy Turner too. We just haven't seen him. It's hard to do that um, with his uh, 
level of availability so far this season. Inactivity? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the way to put it. But pulling for the best, like Billy Turner coming out of North Dakota State, liked him when the Broncos had him for a little bit, said Broncos should resign him. The Packers paid him like really a lot of money. Like, okay, maybe not. Um, but uh, guys, we got to get on out of here. We're going to be live again with you tomorrow morning on uh, Broncos for breakfast. Once again, hopefully everybody has a great labor day, a nice relaxing labor day as well. Make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at scout Kennedy. I am at Nick Kendall, M H H. Also guys, make sure that you are following us at BFB underscore pod. That's easy. Broncos for breakfast, BFB underscore pod on Twitter, as well as at mile high huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join our Facebook communities, comment on there, like the show, like the page, join in in the conversations there at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. If you have a little bit of downtime this Labor Day, find us on iTunes, the Mile High Huddle Podcast, Huddle Up, either one, you should be able to find it if you search those. Scroll down, leave us a five star rating and review saying, uh, I got Stockholm syndrome from Nick and Scott because they're the only shows available and I can watch. And I guess I have to give them a five-star rating. Um, so uh, we'd appreciate that. And as the ticker says underneath, please, if you're over on YouTube, subscribe, like, and share, hit the bell icon. So that way, you know, when we go live, so that way you don't miss any shows. Yeah. Thanks to our, uh, our superstars coming in, our super chat superstars, Gary, Kenny, Ethan, uh, if I missed any of y'all, I apologize. Uh, let me scroll back to the top here. Dave got us started. Dave Glassman, um so appreciate y'all coming in with the stars it's always a big help and the super chats keeps the lights on keeps my forehead shiny and uh we'll see you tomorrow morning don't forget a huddle up podcast i that's the first time i've ever done that the mile high huddle podcast tonight chad should be back uh with sack six o'clock central well six fifteen central absolutely and uh last thing here with kenneth uh coming in whitworth was 42 evan mathis was old and worked out for us uh we had a hole at right guard when we signed Evan Mathis and he stepped in and was good at right guard. Whitworth played left tackle. I would love to have him. I would have drafted him over uh, signing bulls or drafting bulls that season. Alas, uh, you're looking for a right tackle, not a left tackle. And it's not as easy as just flipping one guy to the other, especially one that has as much weight as uh, those older guys. I mean, if, if it was as easy to flip a left tackle to right tackle and they wanted to do that as well, I think Dwayne Brown would be a Denver Bronco right now. He didn't want to play right tackle. So here you are. <laughs> it is what it is. Um, but uh, appreciate you guys. Um, we will see you tomorrow morning on another episode of Broncos for Breakfast. We're going to start peeling back the onion for this week one game versus the Seahawks and uh, cover any other news that comes up uh, between now and then. You guys have a great holiday. We appreciate you. Choose kindness and choose compassion. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. 
Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.